0: Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. We are here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. Great to be back with you. It's been a few weeks, and uh, just as a heads up, uh, we'll not be on next week either. (laughs) As I was just telling Moniz, going to a concert, taking the night off. I went to a concert a few weeks ago. That's why we had no show
1: a couple weeks ago. Gotcha. And if there's an extra ticket, I'll go.
0: I will let you know, right. but the, um, yeah, the, you know, going out to a concert for the first time and, and, and it's funny because, you know, everybody's like, oh, we can finally go back out and see concerts again because you know, the, the, the lockdowns are over and things are starting to happen again. I hadn't been for a couple of years, even before that, <laughs> because I'm just old and lazy and busy all the time.
1: What was the last one we did was uh Cure? Uh, no, I went
0: with my dad a couple weeks after we went to the, to the, to the, uh, not the Cure, it was, uh, yeah. the Cult. Cult, yeah. A couple weeks after that, I went with my dad to see George Thorogood at oh. the Z2, which was a great show.
1: He, I seen him back in the 80s. He actually does put on a hell of a show.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. And then, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else, cause I know I must've seen a concert after that. I don't know if I went and saw U2 again now in between because I, I go to a lot, you know, I try to go to every U2 tour, so. And then, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't take many Saturday nights off for personal reasons, but so next week will be a personal reason. Uh, But also, uh, and then last week I I had a physical issue. So I had a problem with my driving foot Ah. and so I couldn't drive. So I couldn't come in. I mean, it was just a foot injury. It's just a foot problem. It's not that big of a deal, uh, but I couldn't actually like use the foot to work the gas pedal. And I've been in the situation before where I have had to use my left foot to drive. It doesn't work out so well. <laughs> so it's it just, it screws me all up and then I end up jamming on the brakes when I don't mean to. So I said, eh, we'll just end up taking the night off. But that's all right because we saved the topic that we'd had planned for a couple weeks and uh, we collected more responses. So tonight we're going to be talking about what word would you get rid of the paran- from the paranormal lexicon? If you could. This is like a, a new a new thing that's Expert. going around. Well, we're gonna get into a lot of that stuff. So but there's there's uh this meme going around, this you know, social media trend, you know, like if you could delete one word from whatever, what word you would, would you delete? So if you could delete one word from, you know, restaurant menus, what word would it be?
1: I know I'm putting you oh, on the spot, you're actually. Yeah, I know me. I'm putting you on the spot, Sorry. but I'm
0: just using that as an example. Like what, what what would you get rid of on a on a restaurant menu that you're tired of seeing?
1: Tired of seeing... Well, I, I personally don't like onion, so onion rings?
0: Well, I would say, you know, I think... I would say, like, if I was looking for something that's starting to, to show up on a lot of menus, I would say egg roll... Because like every restaurant is like offering their own version of egg rolls like, oh, come get the corned beef and cabbage egg roll. Come get the linguisa egg roll. You know, so I would say that just because it shows up on a lot of menus. But I would be lying to you to say that I want to get rid of that because I love the egg rolls every time I try them <laughs> somewhere. So I don't actually really want them to go away. Uh, but, you know, I guess if there was a restaurant word, I would probably say truffle. Because everybody's using truffle fries, truffle, you know, uh, using the truffle oil, yes. and it's just a way. It's like we're going to just squirt some of the stuff on there and charge you four dollars more. So not that it's not that it isn't good, but Oberdone. Oh, yeah, over. it's just I don't need it on every dish. Sometimes I just want to go have a burger and fries. I don't need a craft burger and truffle fries. Uh, but that's you know, it's also nice to have that when you uh, when you want to have that too. Uh, there's a few things too. But I just want to cover really quickly before we get into the topic of the words that we want to delete. And by the way, I have a list here of 21 words that people have submitted on Facebook uh, over the two times that I posted the post. And so we're going to get into all of those, uh, but also we'll take your phone calls at 508-996-0500 if you want to add into the discussion and, you know, if somebody calls in during the discussion and they say a word that we've already, you know, got on the list here, we'll we'll just kind of add that into the discussion. But uh, we'll try to get to all 21. A lot of them were submitted by multiple people. Uh, and some of them I agree with. We're going to get rid of these words. You know, we should get rid of these words. Other ones, I'm not 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 for it. Not for getting rid of certain words. So we're going to get into it. Uh there's one word in particular that, you know, cuts right to my heart when people say, we need to get rid of this word. <laughs> like, you're, you're stealing my whole my whole shtick, my whole identity. Uh, so we'll get into that. But I wanted to cover a couple of quick things because we haven't been on for a few weeks and there's been some stuff that's been going on. The first thing is, there's a new podcast out by Aaron Mankey, the guy behind Lore. If you've ever heard the Lore podcast, if you've ever seen the Lore heard Amazon it, yeah. Prime show um you know very well done but they've put together this bridgewater podcast and what it is if you haven't heard it and i, I know i shouldn't be you know promoting the competition's podcast here on on wbsm but it, it's worth a listen it is a dramatized serial so it's like an old time radio show where they have the sound effects and the music and the actors playing all the different roles Uh, of course it being, you know, an audio presentation, there's a lot of exposition. So if you are like us and, you know, frequently looking into the Bridgewater Triangle, even if you're just a regular listener to this show and you know, a lot of the stuff about the Bridgewater Triangle, you're going to look at it a little bit differently because you're not utilizing this format to learn. You're just trying to see how they're working that stuff into the, into the presentation. Uh, but like some of it, some of it's a little bit cheesy. And some of it is a little bit, eh, like, I wouldn't have made that choice. But then again, you know, it's not being made for people that already know about Bridgewater Triangle because, you know, they're they're trying to capture a a larger audience. One of the things that kind of bothers me a little bit about it, you know how podcasts, I don't know if you, you probably don't really listen to a lot of podcasts, Monies, you don't have the time, but if you listen to a podcast that is, that has ads in it, you know they they'll do these what they call mid roll pre roll. It, it inserts okay. these it inserts these ad breaks into the podcast. So that's when you'll hear like a like a real commercial. Uh, you might hear like, you know, a, an insurance company commercial that way. You might hear, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like a what restaurant
1: else? commercial. somebody that some No, I mean it's kind of?
0: it's usually like super specific and like universal kind of things. Um, you know, you know, like a basic ubiquitous and, and ad. and it's kind of. It's kind of a lot of companies that would never advertise on a real radio. Like Squatty Potty is a popular one. It's like a portable toilet okay. that you can bring with you. Niche type of. Yeah. It's like it's like we can't afford to like buy mm-hmm. real radio spots, so no, we'll advertise on a podcast because it's a little cheaper. But so there's there's usually those that are inserted in, but then they also have a lot of live reads involved in them. So they'll have, you know, the hosts who are doing the show. I mean, it's it's probably not a live read. It's probably something they've recorded and added in, but you'll hear the host of the podcast talking about something. And so with the Bridgewater podcast, there's an insurance company that sponsors it. And it just, it bothers me because it's in every episode so far. They've released five out of 10 episodes so far. And in every single one, they have this spot where the narrator says, you know, in I forget the year that it happened, but, you know, police officer Thomas Downey encountered a strange creature uh, when he was out on patrol in his police car. Thankfully, his car wasn't damaged. But if it was, he could have used zebra insurance. And I'm like, okay, that's that's just tacky. That's taking a Bridgewater Triangle story and using it as a commercial. So I thought that that was a little bit lame. Uh, The other thing that I have a problem with, and this is a problem that I have. Across the board, when it comes to anybody talking about the Bridgewater Triangle, it's a sonnet. It's not ass on it. <laughs> and that's what they're saying. Like They're like, oh, we, we were in the Freetown Forest and we were at the ass on it ledge. Like, no, it's a sonnet. Learn to pronounce things the right way. Especially when you know Massachusetts is like that. <laughs> you know Massachusetts has... Things like Worcester that are spelled Worcester, and you know that there's different. Well, haven't you been to
1: Leominster?
0: Right. Or what's the uh, what's the other one? Um. Uh, Leicester. Yeah. It's Leicester, but it's Leicester. So like all the you know you know that these places exist. You should really be looking into. It. But then the problem is, is if they did go and search it, and say they went on YouTube and they're like, oh, let's look it up, and they see. They see people like Jeff Belanger and Chris Balzano saying ass on it too, even though I tell them it's a sonnet. So I get on them all the time for that. I'm like, it's a sonnet. Don't say ass on it. Okay. So that kind of, <laughs> I got that off my chest. Love you, Chris. Love you, Jeff. All right. Also, some news that came out uh, over the past couple of weeks. You know, we, we've been critical about the Lizzie Borden house and the way that they've been doing things and. We've heard some, some reviews and read some reviews on the program here and all of that. But uh, they, are, they are in the process of hiring a paranormal investigator. Huh. Yeah. They're hiring a... I'm going to read you the, the ad. It's uh, posted on Indeed. So it is. It's a part-time position. Sorry, Monies. Uh, you can't give up your day job and chase your dream. It's a part-time position paying fifteen to twenty-five dollars an hour. Uh, somebody suggested to me that uh, that I apply for this. Uh, first of all, I don't think that they would even want to talk to me. Yeah. But also, like even twenty-five dollars <coughs> an hour. I'm sorry. I'm going to need. Uh, I'm going to need you to up that a little bit. But so that's the that's the the rate: fifteen to twenty-five dollars an hour. They're only looking for one. They're not looking for multiple people qualifications high school or equivalent preferred night shift preferred U.S. work authorization preferred well hold on <laughs> I think this is just the indeed like you know yeah, the, the automatic things that they yeah. put in there but I think you need to actually be authorized to work in the U.S. Uh, I think it's definitely gonna be at night and um I, I think the high school or equivalent thing is you know
1: that's standard
0: it's it's well it's, it's paranormal investigation some, ple- some people would argue You know, obviously you have to have better than a high school education to be able to do it. And then other people would say, yeah, there's a lot of people that don't. (laughs) So there's that going for it. But also, so here's what it says. We are seeking enthusiastic ghost hunters slash paranormal investigators to conduct ghost hunts for our guests at the famous Lizzie Borden house. Candidates must have an experience in paranormal investigation as well as a proficient knowledge of ghost hunting equipment which is one of the, you know, as we we're reading through the reviews a couple weeks ago, it's one of the things that we heard about is that the, the tour guides that were giving didn't the tours no didn't anything. know about it, which, you know, no fault of their own. They're getting involved in this for being, you know, historical tour guides. They're, they're not really versed in this kind of stuff. So job duties. Greet all guests promptly at scheduled tour times. Demonstrate extensive knowledge of our facility and related topics. Demonstrate extensive knowledge of ghost hunting equipment. Qualified candidates must be skilled in both customer service and public speaking clearly and articulately provide information to guests in an engaging manner answer any questions that the guests have and other duties as assigned so maybe that's cleaning the bathrooms I don't know um <laughs> but here's okay. here's what they um just I'm just being facetious. I'm not trying to... I'm not taking the a shot. The
1: vacuum's located in the closet over here. And
0: Here are the qualifications that they're looking for. One to two years of experience in paranormal investigation required, experience in public speaking, or guided tours prefer, or guiding tours preferred. Okay. I would have probably suggested that they look for more than one to two years' experience in ghost hunting before they hire a ghost hunter.
1: In one of the most haunted places
0: around, yeah. You need the ability to stand and walk for extended periods? <sighs> I'm out. Oh. Just lazy. <laughs> must be available to work weekends. Excellent conversational skills with a knack for storytelling. And must have excellent time management skills and the ability to work in a fast-paced environment with improvisational skills. So uh, you will get $15 to $25 an hour, and you can take tips. So I do know of one person uh, who said that they were applying. Um, not somebody that I know, but somebody that I saw on Facebook, and we've since become Facebook friends uh, so, you know, that's, that's at least one person that I know that had applied. There's a lot of people that I know that said, no way in hell were they going to apply. There's a lot of people that I know that said, no way in hell am I going to apply that I know that they secretly went and applied. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, I'm sure we'll find out what happened with that eventually. And, uh, we'll find out who got the job, but that was, that was something that, uh, that came out while we were off the air. And I promised Moniz that, uh, I wasn't going to tell him about this next item before we went on the air, because I want his natural reaction to what happened.
1: Well, I'm still trying to absorb this.
0: Yeah, but at least that's kind of... Yeah, well... It's, it's kind it, of straightforward. Okay.
1: It, I get it. I, the guy's running a business.
0: Well, and think about it. There are a lot of haunted places that have, you know, in-house paranormal yeah, investigators. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, um... You know, I... I, I it's, it's a glorified tour guide is basically what I'm looking at. Well,
0: but, but also the way that I read into that is, hey, re, you know, paranormal people that have a lot of experience, don't bother coming here because we're only catering to the people that don't know what they're doing now. So, and, you know, that's kind of what they're looking for. They're looking to get on TikTok and YouTube, and they're not really looking for you and I to go there and do extended investigations over you know, multiple years to try to see what's going on. They don't care about that. Right. They just want to get, you know, the hashtags and and, and the likes and the follows and all that. But anyway, uh, so this is also Lizzie Borden related. Okay. This went down on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. See you, you you have Facebook, but you don't really go on it
1: anymore. The only thing I've gone on it for uh, is I've been dealing with some stuff in the marketplace. I've been, you know, parts and things for for vehicles and stuff.
0: You've been selling yourself on on Facebook Marketplace. It's okay. Okay. It's, you know. All right.
1: I know you panicked. I've been buying what I've been doing on there. You but, panicked okay. a little
0: bit when OnlyFans said no more nude content,
1: but, you know, <laughs> it's back now, so you can go
0: back to what you were doing. Okay. Uh, But the... um. By the way, if anybody wants to sign up, I'll pay you, you pay me $5 and I won't give you the link to Moniz's OnlyFans. That's a joke I was using. <laughs> okay. I got on Cameo. So that was the joke I was using when everybody was like, "Are oh, you on OnlyFans? I'm like, yes, it's $5 for me not to give you the link. So, but anyway, um, so this happened on Wednesday.
1: <sighs> okay. At
0: about 1.45 PM, there was a Facebook post
1: that appeared. What, from the house?
0: No, from Leanne Wilbur.
1: Wait, wait, hold on. At, rewind that.
0: At 1.45 p.m. on Wednesday, Leanne Wilbur's personal Facebook account posted, quote, Hello all! Three exclamation points. I am doing well in the place I am. Max is here and being the best boy ever. I wish to thank you all for caring for him until we were able to be together. I wish to thank you all for the love and energy you are sending three exclamation points love to each and everyone one exclamation point and that was it
1: now okay so who's got her account
0: right obviously we know leanne we've known her for years have you ever seen her use an exclamation point
1: uh well yeah but that was generally reference other things but an,
0: an exclamation point generally it indicates excitement Leanne was the most even keel person you would ever meet. Even when she was the only time I've ever seen her like really excited was when she got to meet one of the Ramones at, at the Comic-Con. I forget which one it was, but like yeah. That's when I've that's the only time I've ever seen her like uh, you know, tongue-tied and, and awestruck. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but generally, you know, she was always very even keel yeah. and soft. You know, she spoke softly. She never raised her voice. Uh, you know, on
1: occasion. Y- yeah, but I mean, yeah. generally,
0: in, in general conversation, you would not expect, if this was something she was telling you in person, it would not be a three exclamation point kind no, of conversation. It's, it's
1: not her language either.
0: No, n- definitely not. So, but this was posted at 1.45 p.m.,
1: so is it one of her family or something?
0: So a couple of people started like liking the post and commenting. And then all of a sudden I jump in and I'm like, wait, who has the access to this account? Who is this? And no reply. And I messaged the account and I got no reply back. They still haven't seen the message. Uh, then I started reaching out to some people that knew her personally. And so I basically I lost my entire Wednesday afternoon because I was just digging into this over and over again. And I was looking for just kind of anybody that might say, yeah, I did it. But yeah, it probably wasn't a great idea. I was trying to like be positive and like, you know, because nobody, nobody had said anything. There was never anything publicly said really on our page. So I was just trying to let people, but no, everybody to a person said, no, I had nothing to do with that. I don't even know her password. So this went on for hours of trying to figure out who this might have been.
1: There are ways that people can get get people's accounts hacked and
0: Well and, and it, it happens all the time. And
1: it's called ghost posting. You but know, so. what do
0: they do? They don't do this. This is somebody that knew her, knew that she had passed away, knew that the cat had passed away, which didn't really get a yeah. lot of publicity. Yeah. And and then, you know, goes in here and has the audacity to post in first person as if they were her. Her mom was on the thread. Like, who is this? Stop posting like you're my daughter. I mean, people were getting emotional about this. People were very distraught over this happening. And so I'm reaching out to everybody that might have possibly even had the least little bit of access. Uh, I reached over, I reached out to the house, to the Lizzie Boyden house. Uh, Jared over there was great telling me, you know, I don't, I don't think that's anybody in the house. So I'm going to ask around, but I don't think it's anybody here. We don't have that kind of access. Uh, we found out that her computer had been taken to her mother's house. So, and obviously it wasn't her mother if she was that upset about it. So there was no way somebody got into like her computer or her phone that was already signed in. And, you know, you know, like my phone is signed into Facebook. If you picked up my phone, you could post on my Facebook account, you know, and I don't, you know, I should probably put security on my phone, but whatever. And so nobody was able to get into, and I believe she had an iPhone. So she probably had like fingerprint security or retina scan or something. So... It wasn't somebody posting from one of her devices, so it's now here we are days out. You know, we I wrote an article about it at wbsm.com, and uh, we've we've gotten denials. I shouldn't say denials because that makes it sound like they could be guilty and they're not. We've had a lot of people, pretty much everybody that would have had access, has said, "No, I didn't do it." So, and I believe them, of course. Um, But then who did it so we've suggested to her mom that she reaches out to facebook and turns it into a legacy account so that only she'll have access to it and it can still exist but it's a, then it's a memorial page so she would be the only person that could actually post to it and obviously she's not going to post in the first person because she knows that that's you know an irresponsible thing to do
1: but what I, I've me? i've seen other people post on other people's uh, pages that have passed but that's They don't post it as that person. No,
0: they'll say, you know, like if it's like the anniversary of their passing, they'll say, you know, we still miss you. Or, you know, know, every once in a while, like you'll see a post from a memorial page that'll say something like, you know, um, we still miss this person. And then everybody will like and comment and kind of, you know, that's what it's for. It's a memorial. It's like, it's basically, you know, the the Facebook version of, you know, visiting their grave site.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: And so, yeah, we want to see it be able to continue that way, but we don't want to see people accessing it. And then using it to, to to emotionally manipulate people, which was the most you know disturbing part of this is that this was not done from the perspective of somebody saying like hey you know uh, we all miss Leanne let's remember her let's post some nice thoughts about her in this thread this was somebody trying to emotionally manipulate the situation. Uh, the really bothersome part about it was how many people were. Commenting on it and saying like, well, maybe it is her spirit. Like, no, it's not. uh,
1: That's yeah. I think wrong idea to do. Uh, No matter what your intentions are, right? In my opinion, that's just yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but what I also found out too is that not only was this account posting that comment, this account was going and liking people's posts and photos around the same time. So people that were very close That's to Leanne
1: are like... something that means that somebody had definitely... It, it
0: wasn't just a post. It was I was going through yeah. and scrolling through their account. Yeah. So anyway, just, you know, want to make everybody aware of that too. All right, let's get into the main topic for tonight, which is words that we would want to delete from the paranormal lexicon if we could. I don't know if I should start with number one. Because number one is going to be a big part of the discussion. So we'll go back to that one. Okay. The next next word on the list, orb. I think that's a a, a fair word to get rid of. Because not only... it, It doesn't have a
1: fair... Orb in context of, you know, okay.
0: So, but if you want to say that there are... Uh, self-luminating balls of light that appear in terms of paranormal investigation because you've seen them and I've seen yeah. them with our own eyes not on film okay but you can't use the word orb anymore because it's been bastardized by being used to describe dust. bugs mm. bugs and moisture and dust and all that I try to say bugs and dust at the same time into the same word that's that's another word we should delete yeah uh, <laughs> but You know, if we come up with a new term for the actual self-luminescent balls of light that we see, you know, then we can kind of assign them those names and we can get rid of the term orb. But, I, I, you know, if you're you're on Facebook and you're a paranormal investigator, you join some of those groups, and I don't even join them. I just get added into them somehow.
1: Well, some of these words are just modernization words of other things in the paranormal that... Yeah, but had a different name in the past.
0: That might be, but they're still getting, you know, they're not being used in the proper context. Right. Yeah. But uh, as I was saying, if you join some of those Facebook groups that that have people posting their evidence, I mean, uh, you'll you'll want to quit the field of study because or go work at Lizzie's apparently. You, well, you're going to see these photos, and people are going to say, "Oh my God, I can see the face in it nose and you're like, "No, no, it's raining. I can see it's raining." It's raining in the photo. That's that's just that's just rain, and then uh, my favorite is the the
1: um what, what's the the term that they would use for oh, it here. This is what I usually tell people when they trying to show me orb photos. Was this object glowing in there before you snapped the flash picture? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I wasn't looking. So if it wasn't there in the, and it isn't the reason you're there aiming the camera to take the picture and then it shows up after the flash goes off, chances are it's reflecting so something else.
0: The the apparition that will start to form or the mist that they capture, and I'm like, that's cigarette smoke. Like, you might not know this because, you know, you're just in a Facebook group about paranormal <coughs> stuff, so you don't really know all the details of it. If you need to cough to something, I'll talk yeah, you down. Sorry, um, It's... It's very distinctive when it's cigarette smoke. You can see the the way the plumes of smoke are thicker toward the center and fade out. You can see it actually has a little bit of a yellowish tint a lot of the time. Um, it's it's very like it's hard to describe, but you know cigarette smoke when you see it after looking at enough photos that have it in there. And we've you know we've been around plenty of people on investigations that smoke, and we tell them. We don't want the smokers anywhere near where the people are investigating for that very reason.
1: And the other one that comes up when you're seeing that what appears to be smoke, those usually happen in colder temperatures. It's actually the, you know, uh, condensation from the body heat. moisture. Yeah.
0: And and I've, I've seen plenty that I'm like, no, that's absolutely just somebody exhaling in the cold. You can tell. You just learn by looking at enough photos of it. And how do you learn?
1: Go out there and do it. Well, it's also from your hands. You know, a lot of people are taking pictures outside at night. Their hands are warm and somewhat wet from sweat, and that condensation reflects in the flash of the uh, so of the uh, camera when you're flashing it.
0: So you practice. You go out and you take photos when you're not on an investigation, and you see how it comes across from your hands. You see how it comes across. I mean, I'm not saying people should go out and buy cigarettes. Just or to test
1: just this hang out. With, hang out with a smoker yeah. that's already
0: doing it. And you know, you know, and just kind of test this out. And you know, you wanna you wanna test it out? Go go to any go to any bar, stand outside Let's the see. door. Yeah. And somebody's gonna come out and smoke a cigarette. You can just snap a photo and they'll be like, hey, why are you taking my picture? But you know, that's what I would recommend is testing it out first and seeing all these different false positives so that you know what they'll be. Which by the way, it brings me to another word. I'm gonna just kind of skip around on the list here. Okay. Debunk.
1: All right, you know i I wouldn't have th- another word that's taken a turn from its original meaning. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought about it
0: too much because I'm like, nah. Debunking something is just saying like, hey, it's not paranormal. But when this person laid out the explanation as to why they say this, I mean, a bunch of people uh, recommended debunk as a word. But one of the one of the people explained that using the term debunk implies that it was bunk to begin with. It was, yeah. And so, you know, debunking something is when you're trying to prove something that, you know, prove, trying to disprove something that's fraudulent, right? Am I I logically saying that correctly? Somebody's trying to put something forth that's fraudulent and you're proving that it's not real. That's debunking because you're getting rid of the bunk.
1: Yeah. So And that's how the paranormal, because people always thought that the paranormal was a bunk thing, period.
0: So maybe we do need to come up with a different word you know, even if it's just, uh, you can't say disprove, because whatever it is that you are showing is not proof of anything. But, you know, I would just say there's a really simple word that you can use to, to cover that. Explain. I can explain that. You know, we went to uh, Millicent Library, and the room with all the portraits, the Japan room, is famous for having the door that will close
1: on its own. Reconciling. We could be another word. Did you we just, explained it. You can reconcile what what that was.
0: We sat there and watched what was happening. We realized that it was the little circular pedestal fan all the way on the other side of the room, changing the air pressure yep. just enough
1: to move the door. To
0: move the door. It's explained now. So since we consider the paranormal to be something that is the unexplained, I think it's fair enough to say that if you explain it, that takes it off. So debunk, you are you can stay. I'm going to mark this with a a box around it to say... It, no, no, wait, no. I'm uh, sorry. Debunk oh is right. out. Debunk is out. Okay. Sorry. I'm um, confusing myself already with my own system. All right. Well, that brings us back to another word that popped up quite a bit. Evidence. Okay. We've said this for a long time. I know you've said this for a long time. Evidence is well, a legal term
1: the, yeah.
0: that is used to prove a case. We are not proving a case in a court of law. Nope. Uh, you can also look at it too, though, from a word of, if it wasn't the word evidence, and we were saying it is evident, that is not a legal term. So, I mean, maybe there's some leeway there to be able to use the term evidence, but you've always used data. Yeah. And, and I feel that that is a much better term to use, uh, you know, data, information, Experiences; these are all things right. that we're collecting when we go out and do this. None of it proves anything.
1: So a, it is just a statement of fact that you've collected something. Right. What it is is what.
0: What it proves is, is up to what, what. What it could prove
1: right. is still up for
0: debate. So I'm going to cross off it evide- is, uh, it evidence. It is only you're a gone.
1: component. Yes.
0: Evidence, you're gone. We're going to call you data. Okay. Where can we go next? As well. That brings us into another term of similar ilk uh because I think I know that we talked about evidence being a legal term but another field where you can use the term evidence is science. And you know, you can say like it is evident when something happens. That uh, as you're writing your lab report, you could say that, that you know this is it, it is evident it that appears we will to see be this. evident. Yeah. So the problem with science Is that nobody is If you use the scientific method on an investigation You're not getting anything If you could get something With the scientific method Science would be exploring this
1: Well Okay where are you going with this
0: Well I'm just saying I drop the term pseudoscience all the time People get upset with that term I don't mean it in a disrespectful way So when I say you know When somebody's
1: like it's a science I'm like no it's not a science It's a pseudoscience Science is just a methodology. It is not a a, well, but a, a fixed thing in a certain. Uh, I know that's a contradiction, but it's always changing. It's always in the form of exploration. That's what science is about.
0: But it has become a generalized it, common
1: noun too. Uh, okay,
0: like you know, you would say it, it's it's the it's become a catch-all word that can mean. The art of the study of, mm. you know, it's just a, a, it's just an easy shortcut to basically mean those terms. So, you know, you'll see, uh, you know, the science of making a perfect
1: loaf of bread. Right. Yeah. Dealing with things like empirical science. Okay. And empirical science is a direct study thereof in where documentation and chronization and you know cross referencing and. All of that In the process of what you're doing It's the methodology Empirical science
0: Well and the biggest part of empirical science Is repeatability Right And that's where you're running into problems with this Is
1: there's well, no the, guaranteed repeatability Because there's no No Established standard you, See I work in an empirical science Standard format And where I work regularly the, you, There is accepted And agreed upon Methodologies unfortunately in the paranormal there is it's a her, like a herd of cats are here there everywhere all nobody's using the same standard and in order to be able to repeat things in a scientific manner everybody has to perform it but, in the same manner but
0: break that down to a smaller level okay just say that you have gone to the same place multiple times And use the same methodology each time that you've gone to that same place, you still haven't gotten the same results every single time.
1: No. So you know if you... Neither has a wildlife biologist when they go out into the field, but that's still accepted. Well... But they all, what, what all of the biologists are doing is they're following a same methodology when they go out into the field. Do they always go out and see the long prong horn sheep or whatever they're seeing, You know, searching for out there? No. But they go through the same processes and documentations of their
0: steps. But we don't look at this from... That type of science We don't look at this From a biological perspective We look at Which we We probably should We look at it more From a physical You know We look at it Through physics Through the lens of physics Which Rightly or wrongly You know It's not how We're going to prove it Uh, I know that it It it, It's See See what we have done Is we have looked for The easiest Path to acceptance So the easiest path to acceptance for... And I'm just focusing on ghosts with this part. I should, I should clarify that, too. No, I got where you are. So the, the easiest part of acceptance is if we can somehow prove that through known physics, this happens, that's going to make people believe it. If you start to get into some of the other sciences, which things like social sciences, things like biological sciences then it's going to still be a little bit harder to, to prove it to the people who are skeptical about it. So I think we said the best way that we can get everybody on board for this is to prove it through physics. So let's use physics to try to investigate it.
1: Well, and, and here's another portion of why that gets difficult. You're talking proving it to skeptics. A skeptic will at least look at all the evidence. The person you're you're trying to get to is a cynic. But I'm not. A I'm, cynic will never. I'm, you know, I'm going. And that's to, the problem. There's let me let me people aren't making that distinction. Let me
0: pull back. Let me pull back on that idea. And what I'm going to say is, you're trying to prove it to the masses. So I'm not worried about whether somebody's cynical or skeptical or any of that. I'm just trying to say I'm trying to, because like think of how many people aren't cynical or skeptical about, you know, whether or not Tide gets your clothes 75% wider than other brands. But when you can show them a study and you say, hey, take a look and they're like, all right, cool. Tide can get my clothes 75% wider than other brands. Like nobody was skeptical or cynical about that they just needed to see it to say okay yeah i'll accept that fact you know what i mean it's right. like it's not it's not the cynic or the skeptic it's the i mean uh, you know not to not to turn it into something else but think of all the people who are not taking the vaccine right now but they're not against the vaccine and they're not you know against vaccines in general and they don't think that there's microchips in the vaccine and all that kind of crazy nonsense but they look at it and they say i just want to wait a little bit and then You know, the FDA comes and they approve the Pfizer vaccine. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, now I'll take it. Like, there's no cynical nature in that. There's no skeptical nature in that. There's just, I'm not sure.
1: Most people call that prudence.
0: Right. And so now it's like, okay, I wasn't sure. Now you're telling me this, and that's enough for me, and I can accept that. So that's what I'm talking about when we're trying to prove it to people. I, I don't even want to put the skeptics and the cynics into the discussion because... You know how hard it's going to be to, to to prove it to them. So let me let me backtrack on that and say, you know, we're looking at this from a, you know, the the, the social acceptance, the majority of yeah, the population, the basic social
1: acceptance. Got so
0: and, and in that regard, I think that that's why we were trying to throw physics at this because we said that's going to be the thing that is. It's it's hard to say once you can prove it through physics, it's hard to say well that it can't be real. Well, look, we've just given you the physical evidence to show that it's real. So, but if you, you know, if you start to look into this stuff enough, you realize that it's not physical. What's physical is the environmental changes that are happening as a result of it. But that's not the actual, that's the effect. That's not the cause. So we're we're kind of looking at things backwards. Think about this. We talk all the time about the emotional
1: aspect. We're all spending time looking at the crater, ignoring the meteor.
0: Well, and nobody even that, because that would still be physical.
1: Look well, at, well the, yeah, but the, the meteor in a lot of cases is obliterated, but all that's left is the, that you have left to look at is the it's crater. M-
0: we, we've, we've used this example, I use it in all my lectures and everything. You know, when you walk into a room after two people have been fighting, but they're not saying anything anymore, but you can still feel that tension. Like that, there's no way that we can pull out any kind of EMF meter and figure out and, ch- and and document those changes. Because even if even if you did go into a room where two people have just been arguing and you pulled out an EMF detector and you got a big EMF spike, it doesn't mean that the next time two other people are arguing, you're gonna get the same result. Right. Got it. So it's it's we're trying to put these These explanations, these indications, I'll say, indications on explanations. We're trying to put these indications that we get through different types of uh, meters and and equipment. We're trying to use those indications to be a universal proof of something, and they're not. How many times have you been slapped in the face by a ghost, but the EMF detector didn't
1: move? Yep. You know, so it's like, it's just, it's... How many times have you and I, this has happened to you on, you and I on several occasions. We've been in a room. We have all this equipment going. You and I hear unquestionably this thing happen. Go to you know to the recorder, nothing there. So you and I both know we heard that. So
0: looking, even if we standardized the approach to investigation, <laughs> and we uh, well, even if you just kind of turn around, yeah. I might not pick it up as much. But the uh, we're just going to get all kinds of reviews on iTunes. Like Moniz needs to stop coughing into the microphone like this. Uh,
1: sorry, pe- I have the Omega variant. That's
0: all people complain about. Uh, you are you are the Omega variant, but the um, the the idea of calling it scientific. If we if we got everybody on the same page using the same methodology, we're still not going to get standard results. And it might be okay because you can say, okay, we standardize the practice of how to do it, but it's not going to give us the answers that we want. It's just going to eliminate some of the negative. Uh, I'm sorry, the false positives we were getting before.
1: Right. But it's it, but it's, it's a closer way of getting to a scientific answer. No, it's a well, it's a it's a better well, way of well a scientifically accepted.
0: It's answer. a better way of getting rid of mistakes that people think are yeah an actual thing. But it's not going to get us any closer to proving anything. Oh.
1: Okay. The, uh, I, I, I kind of see what you're trying to say. I, I'm just looking at it be, being accepted a practice first. Before, b- before it can ever be fully accepted, you have to be able to have it, you know, done the right way well, first.
0: it's got to stand up to scrutiny.
1: Right. So...
0: I'm kind of on the fence. Do I cross off scientific? Do I box it? Do I... It needs to be a little bit redefined. So I want to put the... Well, I want to cross it off because we shouldn't use the term scientific. I I, don't... Like, that's not going to work because that's basically... When people are using that, they're trying to bend science to fit what it is that they think in the paranormal. We need to come up with a new terminology for that, but we'll... We'll kind of cross that one off for a while. That's why I use pseudoscientific. It's not an insult. It's just saying like, okay, it's not exactly scientific. Maybe it will be, but it certainly ain't now. Uh, let's see. If we got five minutes left, can we squeeze in one more word? Let me look for an easy one. Well, kind of playing off that, our friend Aaron, Aaron Cadge, who submitted the word feeling. If you're looking for something that is, you know, documented- Again, we're getting rid of the word evidence, but documented data uh, is a feeling data. I I would argue that it's part of the process. That the feeling that you get is part of the You should note that. You should notate whatever it is that you're feeling, but you shouldn't use it as proof of anything.
1: Uh, okay, Your human body is still a a form of instrumentation. And all the instrumentations, ironically, that they use in a lot of these investigations are just augmentations of your natural senses and feelings anyway.
0: I mean, isn't feeling part of... So, meteorology is a science, right?
1: Last I checked.
0: But we use real feel as part of that, where we say, yeah, it's 85 Mm. degrees, but when you go out, it's going to feel like it's 90 Right. You know, because we take feeling into account for that. We take, you know, there's a reason why we don't need to put our hand on fire to know it's hot. We kind of can tell ahead of time because we get that feeling as we get close to it that it's hot. So I think feeling, now trying to use feeling as an ex- as an explanation for something is a problem.
1: Uh, okay, so you substitute it with sensation?
0: Uh, well, no, I don't think it matters which, which the word is. I think his point of view is... You know, and, and he mentioned this in one of the comments, a feeling is a, is a subjective experience. It's not proof of anything. Uh, and again, I think that it's worth noting.
1: Now, uh, the first thing that came to mind when you said feeling, I was thinking emotion.
0: Which was mm. what I would argue is what the basis of most, you know, ghostly phenomena is anyway. But, you know, I, listen, in, in terms of if you're going to go write up a, a review of, of, a, of a meal, you know you're going to talk about the ingredients you're going to talk about what they use to make the, the 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 base of the meal what spices they used what sauces they used you know
1: its presentation you're and, going to um,
0: put all of that into into the the write up of reviewing that restaurant but you can also mention like and when i ate it it took me back to the time I went to Venice and we had dinner at this little cafe. Like that's okay. That's part of that process. And I think the same thing can happen with paranormal phenomena. Just don't utilize it as your only thing. Like I say all the time, if I'm going to be just describing my own personal experience and the way that I felt, I say, this was just kind of my own personal experience and how I felt. And that's okay to keep that as part of the conversation, but certainly I would never go and uh, deem a place haunted Based just on the feelings that I got I would want to have more You know information More data to present to somebody Than just that We are up against the break When we come back on the other side Let me uh, me just kind of I want to box around feeling Because we're going to keep that word Uh, But we'll take a break When we come back on the other side We'll dive into some other words uh, Including some of the big ones If you are listening to this The first word that popped into your head We probably haven't covered yet but we're going to get into that. We've got, I would say, the big three. Yeah, the big three still to go, uh, as well as some other terms as well. You can call in with any thoughts you have, any words you want to suggest. 508 996 0500. You can also email us spookycrew at spooky crew at You can put them on Twitter using the hashtag spooky live. Those are all the different ways that you can get a hold of us during the program. And you can always email us at, spookycrew at spooky crew at spookysouthcoast.com or hit us up on Twitter at spooky sc anytime during the week as well. So you don't have to wait just for Saturday nights. But don't call, don't call the phone lines on other nights, uh, on other days asking questions because they won't know what you're talking about. Back with more in just a few moments on WPS. number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And we are talking tonight about the words that you would most want to eliminate from the paranormal, if you could, if you had that power. And I guess we've determined um, that we have that power, because I'm over here crossing off words, being like, that's it, you're out of here now. So I've, uh, I've kind of uh, assigned us that power, so it feels good, feels good to say we can Determine what goes on with the paranormal and what doesn't. Uh, but we, we can at least for this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me just read a quick message that came in, a quick tweet that came in from my lead. She said, instead of the word debunk, maybe say misinterpretation of sequence of event or mose. So there you go. That's a possibility. I guess we could say, uh, instead of saying debunk it, we could say we mosed it. We mosed it right down.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I'm
0: like, hey, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to investigate, and then we're going to just mosey on over the evidence. Oh, wait, I can't use evidence either. I crossed that word out yeah. too. It's going to take me a while to, to figure this all out, so bear with me. All right, let's get back into some of these words. And again, if you want to call in with some words, if there are some that you want to share— uh, all you have to do is call in 508-996-0500 If you would like to call in And share some words that you would like to see Removed from the paranormal lexicon We're going to try and get through as many of these as we can In the 45 minutes that we have Remaining Let me get through some of the quick ones That I think we can kind of just you know Go back and forth about very quickly And make a decision uh, Carolyn suggested we get rid of the word entity
1: Okay Um, It's just one other descriptor
0: I would actually argue that entity Is the best word to use Because when you start getting into Ghost or spirit uh, That starts to bring in First of all uh, you Cultural,
1: know, is that is that what you're referring to?
0: To, to? some degree, but also it brings in, uh, you know, it's 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 not necessarily a blanket statement to say that something is a ghost or a spirit, because people have different definitions for how some people would say a ghost and a spirit are not the same thing. That a ghost is, you know, this this what? this trapped physical ver, uh, you know,
1: trapped. Uh, like a janitor and a custodian.
0: No, aren't they? The, they're the same thing, <laughs> but. If you if you listen to some people's definitions of it, a ghost is the is the the being that's trapped here, a spirit is the being that comes back to visit. You know, so like there's there's different as you said cultural, there's different religious ways of using it, there's different uh, you know just um, societal ways of using it. So to avoid all of that, I usually will use the term entity because that will also cover if something is elemental. If something is another word we're going to cover here before the time is over, it starts with a D. Okay. You know, whatever it is, if you're going to generalize it, it's an entity. Now, what that entity is, that that bears further investigation. Uh, but I think entity is a fair word to keep. So I'm boxing that word in. I don't think you're arguing with that decision.
1: No, because uh, entity just refers as to a singular entity ideal of what it is, right? ghost, spirit, and whatever other division, I mean, if category you, if of you, entity you want to put it in. If you
0: saw a Sasquatch, you wouldn't call that an entity.
1: You, you would could. say, you,
0: but you could say, you know, that's a, a specimen. You could say that, you know, there's other singular terms you could use for that, you know, in terms of, I mean, I know that the word entity is used very much in- common everyday language, so like, yes, uh, I have 45 different businesses, so my, you know, my carpeting business is an entity of my larger enterprise. Yeah, that gets used Like, but I mean, in terms of paranormal, you know, you know that if you say it, you're referring to something that's, you know, something ghostly, but Not we just don't know what it is.
1: In the UFO field, people are referring to various sure. entities, you know, is it something... Extraterrestrial entity, then you also have interdimensional entities. In,
0: you also yeah. have intergalactic planetary. planetary. Intergalactic planetary. 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 And, but if, I mean, if you look at just, you know, some some people will not use the term alien and they'll use the term EBE.
1: Uh, yeah. Which extraterrestrial biological entity. So that's or, built or in. Owl, which is one of the words the government has used for them, uh, off world life forms.
0: I like to use uh, alf. Yep. That's that's perfectly. It's an alf. It's an alien life form. That's my Willie Tanner impression. Um, All right. So let's go on. Nanette submitted the word and kind of falls under the same, you know, auspices of what we were just talking about. She submitted the word cryptid.
1: Cryptid is an actual definition.
0: I don't think we can get rid of that word at all. I think that that is actually a word that needs to be used more. Okay. Uh, I would actually argue that, you know, cryptid
1: is something that is... Okay, people are making a... An, a if they don't actually know. Cryptozoology is an actual science. It, well, it's not... Uh-huh. No. Yeah, it actually is. It's a study of unknown animals. It's, but it's not just the Bigfoot Loch Ness monster. It's also a small mouse that is singularly found on one particular island. But it's not, a, it's
0: not a taught science. It,
1: it,
0: uh, yeah. No, there's there's no courses eh, in cryptozoology. Well, really? No. Well, I mean, if they are, they're offered from the same schools that offer you know, well, parapsychology. Well,
1: but. no, but it it's a form of zoology type of thing. But um, yeah, are you getting a degree in cryptozoology? No, no but,
0: but it's a, it's an offshoot of the study. You know, the yeah, same yeah. the same way that somebody can you know go and study uh, you know if you're an art history major but you focus only on you know the the
1: Brandon songs You know, you
0: just focus on comic books. Yeah, you know, like okay, you're an art history major, but you're not a comic book, right. you know, art history major. Although the way comics are going, that might actually become a real degree at some point. Uh, so we can we can just kind of keep that word too. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. I'm going to. I said one of them kind of cuts right to my very core, and I understand the the, the rationale behind throwing this word out there. So I'm going to just say that first. But a couple people suggested getting rid of the word spooky. Uh, What? That's my whole thing. It's my whole vibe. Spooky. That's me. I'm spooky Tim. Spooky South Coast. Stay spooktacular. Without spooky, what am I left with? I'm left with nothing. <laughs> I'm a nobody without spooky. But I understand where they're coming from. That we're putting this word into something that is putting forth a... What what some people would argue is the wrong feeling to get from the topic at hand. That, yeah, it's spooky, but it shouldn't be. It, you know, you're, you're, and, and creepy was another word somebody suggested. Yes, something is creepy. When you go out and you have this experience, you got a very creepy vibe, a creepy feeling. Some You caught a voice on tape that was a very creepy voice. These are just descriptors for the way that what we have happened makes us feel. It doesn't mean that it well, is... Well, you
1: boxed in feelings. How how can that not be any different? It's just a form of feeling. And
0: Right. I think the the way that they're trying to say it, though, is that we don't say, you know, let's go have a spooky time tonight when we go investigating. Like, that's not why we're going investigating. We shouldn't be going to go scare ourselves. We should be going because we want to find... Uh, and, and And, you know, that's fair. That still can exist outside of this. But uh, yeah, I think when we're talking about this, we're talking about the people who are looking at this and, and going out there and investigating this to try and figure it out. Okay. You know, legend trippers aren't necessarily figuring it out, they're just trying to be part of the experience. So then, yeah, they get to use these adjectives anyway. Um, if you're serious about it, then you shouldn't be using these adjectives is the argument that the people are making. You know, it kind of goes back to those Jason Hawes lines from early seasons of Ghost Hunters where, you know, we're not allowed to get scared because we're coming in here to help somebody who's already scared. We're supposed to be the comforting people that come in. So, you know, fear doesn't have any place in the paranormal world. Um, Of course, anybody that's seen my lecture, it's okay to be, what is it? it? It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be afraid. I forget what I call it. But I basically talk about how fear is a good thing on a paranormal investigation because it keeps your senses sharp yeah. and it keeps you in the moment of what's going on. You're far more observant when you're afraid than when you're relaxed. So I think that it's, you know, those are two words that I, I understand where they're coming from and I agree. Like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be selling somebody on the idea of investigating the paranormal because you're going to get spooked out and creeped out. Like that shouldn't be what we're telling them to do. But we can certainly tell shouldn't them to be come to the draw. Right. But we can tell them come but it, we we know that it is. We know that the thrill of the chill is what drives a lot of people to do this, but it's kind of an unspoken thing. So I think what they're saying is that by throwing those words on it you're taking away you you're putting a little bit of disrespect on it. So just got to just got a comment from somebody. Get rid of Playboy. And he's not talking about the magazine. Ah. Let's uh, let's take a phone call here. And again, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're on WBSM, Spooky South Coast. Hello.
2: Hi. I agree with you about the word creepy should be removed. But I don't think creeped out should be removed. Um, that's a whole different feeling i think like when i was in fall river i had uh um jury duty at a courthouse and it was right down the street from the lizzie borden house
0: oh yeah right across the street right
2: yeah yeah well when i got to fall river i was by myself so i didn't want to park in the parking garage because it was dark in there and it looked creepy (laughs) well maybe i shouldn't say that (laughs) creeped out so Right up the hill, there was a school that was boarded up. It was closed down, boarded up. So I parked in that parking lot, and I walked down the street to the courthouse. But I didn't know at the time that the Lizzie Borden house was there. When I was walking down the hill to the courthouse, I felt so creeped out like somebody was watching me. And I kept looking behind me, and I was kind of walking really fast to the courthouse, and I was looking around like somebody was watching. It was weird. Well, I mean, that's
0: that's not a bad so, approach in that neck of town, so.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's, so that's... I went in there, and I did my jury duty, and then I left. Well I, well, I had to use the facilities before I left. And when I came out, they had dismissed everybody, and I was the last one there. So I walked out, and I went back to my car and as i was walking back to my car i still felt that awful feeling so i went home and then i started having these weird dreams and what? i thought maybe something was in there. i don't know if the courthouse was haunted but i mean um, I, I don't think that the it's cour- closed now the courthouse yeah when i went by there a year like a year or two later this was like three or four years ago. This happened, and when I went by again in Fall River, the courthouse was closed.
0: Oh, I mean, I mean, working here in in the newsroom, you know, we get uh we get uh, press releases from the from the DA's office all the time. They they've got tons of cases going on there, so oh, it's still open. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe for the last year they weren't doing jury trials, so yeah, they were doing things remotely. So they might not have had it open to the public, but. It was it. You know, I know that they've been they've been having cases right along. So that and that's a new courthouse. That's only been built in right. like the last decade or so.
1: Yeah. Was
2: and my it- daughter had jury duty there too, and she walked by there, and uh, she felt this tingling in her face when she walked by the Lizzie Borden house.
0: Well, the the Lizzie Borden house certainly does give you a a little bit of a a chill down your spine when you see it. Uh, but also right. at, at the same time, you know, you're also in an area where there isn't a lot of houses. So, right. you know, it, I think that kind of adds to it. If it was just still in a regular neighborhood, that might kind of take away some of that that creep factor to it, but now it's like, oh, I'm driving by, there's an apartment building, there's a, you know, a hairdresser, and there's the Lizzie Borden house. So I think it kind of stands out a little bit more on its own now, and that makes it a little extra creepy. I
2: I really was expecting you to be speaking about Lizzie Borden tonight because there was something in the news this week about it.
0: We did. We covered it in the first hour, yeah. Oh, okay. um, They're hiring the paranormal investigator, and then the other story that, you know, the the former...
2: woman that passed away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Why was it you? Did you hack her account and post it?
2: No, I didn't. Okay,
0: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask everybody until I get to the bottom of it. So no,
2: I just heard it on WBSM.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, Kate was reading it in the newscast. That's right. I right, forgot about right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate likes to work in some of those paranormal stories that I write into the actual news. That's she's, interesting. Yeah, she's uh, she's helping spread the legitimacy. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. I'm sorry oh, that you, you had welcome. such a creepy experience, but
2: oh, that's okay.
0: No. Uh, all right. Well, take care. Yeah, Have a good thanks. night. Thanks you too. Bye bye. And she's absolutely right. You know, you you same as you were saying, Moni's the 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 you can't discount the feeling. But I wouldn't be utilizing it as the as the marketing angle, unless it's you know like coming to one of our events or something. Like then, obviously, you're like, oh, it's going to be a creepy good time. But again, legend tripping versus you know actual paranormal investigation. So I'm going to put a circle around those words, which means they can be used in the right context. I'm totally changing my system as I go. I noticed. So another one that somebody threw out that I don't think we can uh, we can get rid of is EMF. I mean, I understand- That's a
1: technical, uh, that's just initials for a technical. Oh, thing. no,
0: he's just tired of the English pop band from the 90s. Oh. He thinks they're unbelievable. Uh, no, no, but really the person who suggested this, I, I get what they're saying in terms of like, you know, you're tired of that being the end all be all for, for things that are going on, but you can't get rid of the term. You can put less emphasis on EMF as as, you know, the data point for something.
1: Yeah, it's like saying, uh, let's get rid of recorder. Right.
0: You can say, let's not focus so much on doing EVP work, but you can't get rid of the recorder term for what you're using. So I I get the point, but I I think that the term has to stay. But also at the same time, like let's not think that every EMF fluctuation is a ghost. Right. Uh, So another term uh, that is of a similar ilk to that is, you know, we were talking about this before, UAP, which I think people are just getting tired of because we've only heard it recently in the general conversation about UFOs, but it's a term that's been used for a long time in the UFO world.
1: Well, and it, okay, the word UFO or the initials UFO were a replacement for another word set of words before that, flying saucer. So it's all, we're all talking about the. The same thing. This is more semantics than but, anything But well, else I, not necessarily, thing. though,
0: because I believe that the term UAP has been applied because UFO indicates that there is a physical object, whereas UAP can cover it not necessarily being something physical. So, not that we're saying you uh, know splitting you're, hairs, well, but not necessarily. You know, you could say that um, something that is so. You know, just for an example, and I, God, I hate to use this example, but I'm going to use it. Swamp gas would not be a UFO. It would be UAP because it's, it's something, uh, by the way, we didn't say it, unidentified aerial phenomena. So it's something that's happening in the air. It's some sort of phenomena that's happening in the air that is unidentified, but it's not an object. It's not a physical object. You know, a flying saucer would be an actual object. A a UFO, (laughs) I'm going to confuse myself, a UFO can be a UAP, UAP. but a UAP doesn't have to be a UFO, if you see what I'm saying. So that's why I think that the term has come into vogue, uh, but also we know the real reason why that term became popular over the last, you know, couple of years because the people who are releasing this information don't want to use the term UFO in the connotations that it has. So this was a new this was like a compromised term.
1: Well, it was also a term that like I said back in the day when you had Freedom of Information Act requests, people were looking for the word UFO. So people that wanted to keep that information classified they changed their terms when referring to these to UAP. so in a sense they were complying with what the law is but you know it was their out in their way around things
0: kind of like the way i had all of my cia files changed to instead of tim weisberg it's now Wim tiesberg just to throw people off you tried to do the same but matt monies doesn't work it works. Yeah. yeah, you're screwed either way. So, <laughs> I'm just getting loopier and loopier as we go yes, through these words I, a little I, bit more. I guess we are. Uh, so, under the same idea, um, you, you know, some of the other terms that people want to get rid of. I'm just going to go through this real quick. Uh, somebody suggested getting rid of the term psychic because they they are a psychic, but they use the term intuitive artist. Uh, I can kind of understand wanting to get away from the psychic term, but also. Uh, no offense to Renee who submitted this idea. Uh, calling yourself an intuitive artist is going to probably get you even more raised eyebrows, I think, than calling yourself a psychic. And then how do you explain it to somebody when they say, well, what do you mean you're an intuitive artist? What does that mean? You would say to them, well, I'm I'm a psychic. So, yeah. it, you know, it's.
1: Uh, I'm a it, medium. I'm a clairvoyant. Uh, yeah.
0: If it works for you. Great, use it. I just don't think it could be an overarching term that we could make a change to. But I also understand what she's saying. The term psychic has a lot of connotations to it that you know, you're know you trying to avoid in that regard. So we're keeping psychic. Uh, uh, something else, this is not a single word, but it's, you know, it's more of a concept, but somebody says get rid of the black T-shirts. <laughs> It always comes up, you know, when you say, what's one thing you want to get rid of in the paranormal, it's the black t-shirts. I understand that. But I also, you know, I don't want to see people walking around in red t-shirts either. Like, it's, That's your thing. Yeah. The idea is, you know, having the... Right. You know, everybody, everybody dressed the same.
1: Everybody in the paranormal should be wearing plaid. Got it.
0: Well, I mean, the black looks great in night vision. You know, the 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 paranormal team logo really pops. On the night vision, but uh, at the same time, you know, listen, I know I get the concept. I get what people are saying about wanting to get rid of the black t-shirts. I'm not getting rid of mine because I spill a lot of stuff on myself. What? And black hides it better than anything.
1: And and while you're at it, the same logos and monikers and- Well, the acronyms. Yeah.
0: Get rid of the acronyms.
1: What's your team name? Oh, it is, uh,
0: you know, haunting- Uh, yeah you know, What does it stand for <laughs> Like You can't be any You can't be any team And not have it stand for something Like that's a I've actually had people ask us What Spooky South Coast stands for Like it's not an acronym snacks. It's a word Yeah well that would be the S In every You know every S that comes up Would stand for snacks So uh, we're gonna keep The black t-shirts For individuals Like myself That are prone to Stains but we're going to it's nix t- the idea of everybody having and to the wear the swimming apex.
1: Let's not forget their oh, still yeah. apex. Oh yeah. No
0: doubt. But yeah, we don't we don't need to all dress the same on an investigation. We've done plenty of investigations where we've all worn different things and it has not affected the phenomena yep. at any at any time. Nothing whatsoever. Uh in fact, it, it's really it's better.
1: Yeah, cuz you can tell identical. people apart. Yeah.
0: yeah. I like people always say, you know, why do you make people wear name tags when they come to your events, Tim? And I would always say, "Well, it's so that nobody can sneak into the event that didn't pay for a ticket, you know, that we haven't checked in in the check-in process, and had them sign a waiver and all that." But the real reason why was because I can't remember people's names. So it really helped me out. So when they're like, "Hey, Tim, how are you?" I can be, "Oh, Matt. Yeah, how are you, Matt?" Even though like I've I've seen you every week for fifteen years and mm-hmm. I wouldn't remember your name. Um, Who are you? Right, exactly. So don't don't take it personally. If I forget your name, I'm just very forgetful. Uh, this is uh, another thing that somebody said to get rid of, teams. Get rid of paranormal teams. That this person said, you know, I find that working as an individual investigator is a better way to go. You have done that for most of your <laughs> career. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, it works for some people. For, with other people, they need the team. They need to have that structure. They need to have those people to learn from. They need to pull those resources together. Um, I think if we started to get rid of the idea of the team being some some kind of, you know, superior thing, just because you have a team that doesn't make you any better than an individual independent investigator, that's a problem. But I think that the team concept is, you know, a much better way to go, especially if I can get somebody else to drive so I can sleep on the way home.
1: Well, you get a collection of individuals that come. Is that a team? Well, hold on, because a team
0: is great, in my mind, you know, to go with a group of people. And even if it's the same group of people all the time, what I don't like is groupthink. Yeah, yeah. I don't like when there's a paranormal group where there's the leader who is the person who kind of oversees everything yeah. and makes everybody do things the way that they want yeah.
1: them to. No cult.
0: Yeah. And no. No singular approach yeah. to investigation. The reason why you have multiple people involved is so that you can try multiple different things. Um, so, teams, are, we're going to say we're going to keep them, but they have to be responsible about it. Okay. Uh, Melody says to get rid of the term gatekeepers, which is a relatively new term, but also it's not a relatively new concept.
1: So, well, there's, they're also irrelevant without key masters.
0: That is true. But if you look at, like, certain paranormal locations where you can't get on there unless the house paranormal team is part of your investigation, too. Like, I'm tired of that. Like, especially when I'm paying for it. If I'm paying for it, I understand if I need to have somebody there to keep an eye on things, that's fine. Uh, If I owned a haunted place and I was letting people come in, I would want somebody to be responsible for overseeing what was going on. But at the same time, they shouldn't be leading things. Uh, if I go, you know, it's been long enough. I'll just I'll just come out and say it. The USS Salem, whenever we would do an event there, we had the house paranormal team thrust upon us. Even though we had tons of experience running haunted events at tons of places, we had been trusted with many places without there even being anybody from the location there. Uh, you know, we were, we had... You know, not just patting ourselves in the back. We have the best reputation of anybody out there doing events. And you're telling us we have to have this paranormal group that proceeded to insert themselves into everything that was going yeah. on. If I had to go on there and do one more investigation where they're using their walkie talkies when we're trying to do our stuff, I was probably going to throw somebody overboard. But those are their rules. So we follow them. I should be careful because I'm going on the USS Salem for an investigation next month. Uh, but no, but they've.
1: It, There's been other places that yeah.
0: And they've also toned things down yeah. over there s- since then. But that was the way that it was when we were doing events uh, on there. Uh, and it, you know, and that can be a problem in certain places. Uh, so let's keep, let's uh, cross off gatekeepers because I don't want people running the f- show. But also, you do need them to some degree because there are people who are involved in some of these historic places that don't know who to trust and who not to trust. So there are places that will reach out to me and say, Hey, Tim, this group called me and said they want to do an investigation and I'll do a little research and I'll say, or if I know them already, I can either say like, yeah, that's okay. Or you yeah, might not want to do that. Um, so I wouldn't call that gatekeeping though. I would just call that, you know, giving a little bit of insight and reference, uh,
1: for who it is that you're dealing with. Other people call it batting.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, another word to get rid of provoke. Oh, yeah.
1: Provoke is an action.
0: This person uses the term invoke instead. Provoke and invoke are two different things. Uh, you know, invoke is trying to to, to bring something to, to there that isn't already there. Provoke is to get a reaction out of somebody. So I I I think provoking is you know shouldn't be the way to go. It shouldn't be the first attempt. But I think that the word. Describes the action So right. if you are doing that, the action You need the word That's what I'm
1: saying It's a descriptor It's not necessarily so a-
0: We're gonna keep the word But we're going to say Only use it When you need to Don't make it a matter of habit Don't just walk into every place And say Come at me ghost Um Give me knocks. Right You know Don't Don't tease me <laughs> That was I thought that would be The easiest thing to do I didn't think, you know, I didn't think of handshakes, but it turns out the handshake worked. Uh, Brian Cano said, get rid of the term matrixing because there is an actual word for it. So use the proper terminology. Use pareidolia. I, I, I will use matrixing myself uh, after I've tried to say paradolia three times and I mispronounce <laughs> it each time. I'll say pareidolia, uh, par- par- de- matrixing. Yeah. But otherwise I try to avoid that word and I think other people should. Uh, we we can go back to, I would
1: agree with that
0: one We can go back to 2004 Ghost Hunters When Grant Wilson probably said In front of the cameras Well in the paranormal world We have something that's called pareidolia Which is where you mistakenly believe And the producer stopped him and said Wait wait what What was that word? Paradolia. Yeah don't use that word Is there an easier word you can use? Because nobody's going to know what you're talking about uh, Yeah so we can call it Matrixing Yeah the Matrix That was a popular movie Use that so I'm sure that's how that word kind of entered into the lexicon. Uh, but we do have a real term to use so we can skip skip it. So I'm going to agree with Brian and cross that word off. Uh, and uh, This one came in really, well, just really quickly. Uh, Steve suggested getting rid of a phrase without a doubt. I think that's fair to say because you can't say without a doubt when we're dealing with these things uh, at the same time you know there can be a lot of doubt in a lot of things uh but i don't hear it come up enough for it to be an issue
1: yeah but i, I understand that i haven't seen that as
0: i understand that. his concept i understand what it is that he's trying to say and now this leaves us with the big 3 where do we start let's start with demon okay so let me ask you this because you've had more experiences with these cases than i have
1: and i hate them
0: but is demon a fair term to use for what it is
1: it, it i use it as a placeholder for lack of a better term okay it's, some, it's something that's no it's just something that's nasty and negative is it something that is you know a source of the devil in the, that that's based on belief systems and there are different names for these things and different belief systems and different cultures. This is just the modern English definition that we would have. Like I said, I would use it merely as a a name placeholder for something that is... But is,
0: is that going to pull in all of the uh, the baggage of assigning Christianity to it?
1: Or, you know, whatever belief systems that, you want to associate That's what I'm with. saying. It, it, I... To say every angry spirit quote unquote is a demon no uh, th- this is where you run into the problem is what i'm I'm trying to say
0: and it's it's being used as a well, it's kind of exactly what you just said, but you're you're utilizing it as a as you said you know just as a way to kind of identify it as being something negative, but then again, you could also say like Everybody in the last ten years learned the word gin. So now gin. now there's gin
1: everywhere. What like I said.
0: D G I N N, not G I N. That's you know, we yeah. we we we've been investigating that for a long time.
1: Uh-huh. Repeatedly. But, I, I prepared the scientific method there. Just <laughs> triplicate. We need to repeat <laughs> repeatability.
0: But that's that's kind of the thing is like we get buzzwords. And right. I think demon has become a buzzword. Well,
1: demon, Jin. they're a number. It's, they're all referencing the same kind of thing. That's like I said, it's just a n- moniker, name placeholder for something. I and think. I, and then you start bringing in, like I said, that connotation for from a religious point.
0: So let me ask you this. Looking at just the defined real definition of a demon are they real the demons is described by the religions that use that term these 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 beings these entities that exist in a hierarchy that are you know that exist in hell that are coming here to possess people do you find that that is what your experiences prove to be true or is that a mythology that's been created around something that that doesn't necessarily prove that
1: mythology to be true. My personal experience with them is that there is something there. I can I say that it is something from this particular religion or that particular religion. I I, I think it is the source that that they derive their their definitions from. Is it the same? I I personally think it's the same thing. It, they're, you're, they're all talking about the same concept. Yeah. Um, is it a talpa? Can here's a, look at it that way. You can. Is this something that we created as a humanity? So the word
0: is not necessarily the problem. The problem is what we limit the definition is of the word, word to, be. to be.
1: Yeah. Got where I'm going with that. I do. Now, from the
0: other aspect of it, though, uh, and in terms of the way that people are complaining about it, being used is that it is overused. So we have okay. now we've now taken away all the power that that word has to mean what you are saying that it means. So now what we have is, as you were saying, any kind of negative, bad thing is a demon. Listen, there's something bad and negative in the basement of the Lizzie Borden house. Is it a demon? I don't think so. But is it a bad, dark thing? Was it human? I don't think it was human. I think it was bad. I think it's dark. I don't think it's a demon. I don't think it's something that comes from hell that's looking to possess anybody that is, you know, uh, I I think if I you know, make the sign of the cross or start reading from the Bible or any of that stuff, it's not going to have any effect over this thing. It's just... The same way that there is it's angry, light, it's nasty, there is it's dark. There. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think we need to start not using that term for things like that because that's where we're running into the problem. When TV networks are like, can you find us a demon? Because we really, you know, in episode four, we need to have the team go chase a demon.
1: Okay. Now- if you were to go strictly into religious studies, there are a finite number of them and they all have names. They all have identifying things like that. The amount of things that the cases and stuff that they're calling demons out there outnumber the number that's supposed to be. So right then and there are these demons. Well, according to if you were to follow these straight, you know, Established guidelines as defined by uh, this or that particular religious center. Okay, the numbers don't add up. So,
0: so I think we need to we need to keep the word, but we need to stop overusing it. Yeah, we need to use it more judiciously. For yeah, the it, level, it of... it should be
1: used with a fine brush, not a broad brush,
0: and and for the level of. Malevolence Yeah Behind what is there So
1: Big D versus small d Type of thing
0: Yeah Yeah I think that that's I think that that's fair I think it need. You know If you call it a demon It better involve More than A, a regular paranormal investigation If that's If that's a fair way to put it yeah. Maybe Uh, I'm not saying it needs an exorcism Because that would require somebody to be possessed But it it needs to be taken far more seriously Uh, I don't like the cavalier attitude people have of Oh, we've got a demonic case Uh, No, you don't No, you don't Uh, So, all right, We can move on from that word, I think The next word is Another one of the big three Number two out of the big three
1: Expert (laughs) My personal favorite
0: Tell us your feelings on that word and why.
1: In this particular topic, or the uh, the unknown, we're all amateurs. An expert means that they've already found the answer, and the person knows what that answer already is at that, at that point. You know, it, how, we're all still learning. So if we're all still learning, there's nobody that is, quote, unquote, an expert.
0: I used to feel the same way, and now I don't. Okay. I think you can have experts in the paranormal. I don't think it's a great idea to ever call yourself an expert in anything anyway. So let me just put that on the table. Uh, okay. I think that calling yourself an expert in something is obnoxious. I think if somebody else gives you that term, then we don't have to because I've dealt with it. I've 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 been on a television show where they put underneath my name Paranormal Expert. Now, when they give me the paperwork, did I write Paranormal Expert on that paper? No, I wrote no. I wrote radio host. That's what I always put. I either put radio host or paranormal researcher. Those are the two terms that I will put down. Sometimes I'll put both. But those are the two words that I put down whenever they ask me to describe, you know, what it is that I do. So that's what I'm expecting to see under my name on the screen on the Chiron. But sometimes that's not what they want in, in the, for the production. So they'll put paranormal expert. And I've got attacked by people on Twitter because it said paranormal expert under my name. Like I, if you look at my business card, I'll tell you, I'll show you my business card. It says professional weirdo on it because that covers a lot of things. I don't just have to be a paranormal investigator, paranormal researcher. I can do all kinds of strange things. So that's how I refer to myself. I don't refer to myself as an expert in anything, at least not seriously. I might say it, you know, in, in, in jest, uh, You know, like, uh, I'm an expert on ice cream because I eat a lot of it. But I will say this. There can be experts in the paranormal. And I will explain to you why. Because you can be an expert in all of the things that are involved in it. You can be an expert in the history of it. You can be an expert in the approach to it. You can be an expert in all the different terminologies and all the different Uh, techniques, and all of this stuff can all be something that you can have an expertise in. If I called Rosemary Ellen Guiley an expert in the things that she researched and wrote about and created encyclopedias for and all that, I don't think anybody would argue. If uh, if I put Rosemary Ellen Guiley, encyclopedia, uh, uh, witchcraft expert, people would say, well, yeah, she's written a lot of books about witchcraft. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Jinn expert. Of course. She wrote the book that everybody quotes when they're talking about the gin. So if she wanted to put Rosemary Ellen Guiley, ghost expert, she knows everything that there is to know that we know to this point about ghosts. Saying that you can't be an expert in the paranormal is the same thing as saying you can't you can't consider a theologian an expert. Because We don't know that there's definitely a God, and I'm not trying to upset anybody's religious sensibilities, but you can't prove to somebody who doesn't believe that there is a God. You can know everything that there is to know about the way that people worship God. You can know all the history of how people have worshiped God. You can know the different ways. You can know the different people involved. You can know the dates. You can know all that stuff. That makes you an expert in something that we can't prove exists one way or the other and the same thing can be said from the paranormal so don't the the reason why that that whole idea that whole concept exists isn't because there is no way to prove the things that we're looking into so therefore you can't be an expert in it cuz you can't prove it that's just the the line that has become the excuse that people use for that The real reason why we can't say there's an expert In the paranormal is because The weekend warrior ghost hunter who just Started doing this uh, you know two months Ago because he saw something about it on YouTube Wants to be able to put himself up Against Lloyd Auerbach and Hans Holzer and, and people who spent Their entire lives doing this Brad Steiger was an expert in the paranormal Somebody with a YouTube channel or a TikTok account is not an expert in the Paranormal. You can become one But you've got to put in a lot more work to get to that their level and I would argue that people like us who have been doing this for a long time and talked to a lot of people and looked into a lot of stuff could be called experts again I go back to what I said I, before I, I we should call ourselves to, that
1: I, I, I call myself either a researcher or investigator
0: but if you went to speak before the New Bedford Public Library and the librarian I am introduced still a you. Researcher. But if the librarian introduced you as a paranormal expert. Well then that's them. But you are a paranormal expert. So you can take that title. You don't have to fight it. It's okay. Again, don't put it on your business card. Don't introduce yourself to people as that. But no expert in anything should ever introduce themselves as that. You know the the, the real reason why the term expert exists is for when people are looking for an expert, you know? So it's when people are looking, so let other people determine that you are an expert. That's where that judgment should come from. And if somebody wants to call you an expert, it's okay. Again, don't ever call yourself one that's obnoxious, but it's okay to be referred to as one. Uh, You know, how many people are not a historian? They're not a trained historian, but they know everything about World War II, or they know everything about the Civil War.
1: Like Andy Lake.
0: He would call himself a military H- history, history buff. buff. Yeah. But if somebody wanted to call him a military history expert, it's justified. Because he's put in oh, the he, work to yeah. be able
1: to earn that Most definitely. That moniker.
0: Yeah. And I think that if you do the work in the paranormal, you can certainly have that moniker for yourself, Especially because anybody who is an expert in the paranormal is also going to be the first person to tell you, we don't really know what all this stuff is. So therefore, you know, they've, they've got that concept covered. So yeah, the people that don't like the term expert, and you might have to, you know, sit there and think about this. And, and really dwell on why you don't like the word, but you don't like the word because you don't like the fact that it separates some people who have done more work in the field than other people who haven't done as much. Just the way that I feel. Not insulting anybody. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that Lloyd Auerbach is better. And I'm only using him because, you know, he's he's one of the people that's been around it for so long. Uh, I could use Barry Taff, I could use Hans Holzer, I could use the Warrens, I could use a lot of different people who who had decades in it. Um, but that's not to say that they're better investigators, they're better researchers, they're better anything than you know the person that just decided to start doing this a month ago. The person that just started doing this a month ago could be the next great investigator. They could be first person out of the gate, uh, first investigation out of the gate, great at what it is that they do. But they don't have the expertise, the experience, the years of research under their belt. So they don't get to have that term expert.
1: Basically, it's the title bestowed, not
0: Not taken. taken. So yeah, if somebody else calls you an expert, wear it like a badge of honor. Just don't actually wear it as a badge on your shirt. Uh, Because now there's going to be paranormal teams that when they all get their... Black T-shirt's made up. They're going to say expert on it, and they're going to be like, Tim said it was okay.
1: A Spooky
0: expert. Creepy expert. Mm. All right. Tell you what. <clears throat> going to do a little thing here. Uh-oh. Give me one second.
1: I'll give you two. How about that? That would be enough time for you?
0: Well, what is going to happen is I'm, I'm trying to avoid the fact that we're going to lose some of the broadcast here in a second because it's going to go to the news and I don't want to miss the biggest topic. So I want to go late on it, but I got to wait a minute for this to, to switch over. Uh, so give me a second here.
1: Okay. Take two more. If you really, really let's see want. see if I can
0: do this correctly. First of all, let's, let's play
1: this. Okay. You can, Push that button and play it Hold that. on.
0: No, no, don't talk over it.
1: WBSM and w 258 eight DR New Bedford. New Bedford's news talk station. 1420 AM and 99.5 FM. WBSM, a town square media station.
0: All right, so now we're completely legal. And in just a moment, I will just have to try to take over control of the computer manually. So I'm going to keep an eye on the clock at the same time. Because I do want to go a little bit late, if you don't mind, for this one last thing on the list. Okay. We won't go forever on it, but we'll give it, it's just due.
1: I can't hang out too late. I got a case tomorrow to go deal with.
0: But think about all of the terms that we just laid out. Yeah. And I said, you know, these are the big three, and we've mentioned two of the three. What do you think is left on the list?
1: I would have had expert as number one.
0: Oh, no. Oh no, because expert is, in terms of, you know, having to delete that, that word, I don't think it really gets people's haunches up as much as, you know, they, they think that it does, but the number one word definitely gets their haunches up. If, if you are a person that thinks that this word should be deleted, it is a first thing that is going to come out of your mouth uh, when somebody recommends it. You ready? Power unity
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't guess that one earlier on. I, I, I
1: thought that term was already dead.
0: Uh, I wish. So, yes, pari-unity is a term that should be deleted. It should be removed from the lexicon right now. Uh, and I don't even think it should have any kind of fair shake to be an actual term. I I think we should just not even discuss allowing it to remain included in any way. Because it is that toxic of a word. It has done exactly the opposite of what people thought that that term would do. Now, let me just come clean here. I'm 2008, 2009, whatever might have been. We were blowing the power unity trumpet. We were playing the power unity song. We were all about it. We said why can't everybody just get along? Why can't we all just be one big happy paranormal family? That was our own naïveté. Yeah. Because it cannot work and I'm here to argue it should not work. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say it should not work. It should work. It's not going to work. Right. So the fundamental idea behind it is correct. The idea of everybody kind of being on the same page in terms of working together to figure things out is a wonderful idea. But what has happened instead is that the term has been co-opted as a way for people to say you cannot be critical of anything in the paranormal world and that is a disgusting concept if that ever became the predominant thought i would quit this this field of study right away
1: i wouldn't i would still just do my own thing and tell everybody to go no i
0: uh, well i mean i consider my contribution to the field of study is talking about it and i would i would lose my ability to stomach the topic uh, Because it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard to not be critical in something that we are arguing needs more critical thinking. (laughs) We just said how, you know, we need to get rid of some of these terms. And the way to get rid of these terms is to think critically about what it is that you're doing. So why can't you be critical about the things that people are discussing? Now... Don't be a jerk. Like that's what we, and, and I've said this for years now. It's not that we need unity, we just need respect. Respect to say, you're doing your thing, you're going to find your way. I'm doing my thing, I'm going to find my way. If you put things up that I feel are incorrect, Let me allow, you know, please allow me to use some of what I've learned to share with you because if you think about it, shouldn't sharing a photo on Facebook or putting a video up on YouTube or any of the ways that we share the things that we have captured, isn't the reason we're putting it out there to get some kind of review of it, some peer review? No, it might've been when we started doing this show. And for the years before that you were investigating the paranormal, but no, that's not what it's about now. Now it's about getting likes and shares and all of that stuff and no criticism allowed.
1: Right. And, uh, yeah. The, this is my ticket to my spot in it.
0: And that's the biggest problem is they don't want you to support them. Because supporting them would be helping them avoid the pitfalls of false positives and misidentifications and all that kind of stuff. They don't want you to respect them. They want you to idolize them. They want you to be jealous of what it is that they got. So I can't say when somebody posts in one of these dumbass Facebook groups that I keep getting added to and keep deleting myself from and keep getting added to again... I'm sorry, but that is not, there's nothing that I can see in this photograph that looks like it's paranormal. Well, you're just a hater. (laughs) You're right. I do. I really hate when people say something's paranormal and it isn't. So yeah, I'm a hater. I don't hate you because I don't know who the hell you are. But I hate when people try to put something out as paranormal when it's not. So yeah, yeah, I'm a hater. And I hate the fact that you can't admit that when people are coming at you and saying to you, there's nothing here, you can't just accept that. Whoops, I made a mistake. The very first thing I caught that I thought was paranormal was...
1: Your stomach?
0: No, well, that was... I mean, I mean in terms of a photograph. Oh. But same night. Caught orbs. Mm. Orbs. We crossed it off, but I still said it anyway. In a photograph at the Millicent Library. My very first investigation blew up the orb. And could see the face of an old woman in one of them. And then in the other one, I could see. Oh, you
1: were matrixing. Um, they also crossed <laughs> off.
0: And I saw in another one a skull. And oh, it must have been a demon. I put these out there into the world. There's no Facebook then. Uh, MySpace? I don't even know if we were on MySpace at that point. But I, I shared it because we'd already met some. Oh, uh, the Spooky South Coast uh, message uh, board. Yep. So And people would say, like, yeah, 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 it's probably just dust from the books. Okay, I just learned something. I didn't fight them and say, oh, no, that's my grandmother in the orb. I can tell by her face and, you know, and the skull is obviously a demon from hell because, you know, why else would there be a skull there? I didn't fight people. I learned from it and I said, okay, cool. And then the next time I caught something like that, I said, gee, I wonder if in that situation... There's something that might have caused, caused dust. I've only in my life, by the way, just as a side note, because in case anybody's seen my lectures, they're like, I've seen you put photos of orbs in your lectures. Yes, I did. When we were using the, the telephone to the dead with Chris Moon, the original yeah. Franks box, in the basement of the Lizzie Borden house, and when he turned on the device, and all of a sudden there was a ton of orbs all around him. And I always say the same thing. It was probably just that the basement was dusty. And when he turned that on, it kind of energized those dust particles. But still, it's kind of cool. And I show it anyway. And we can talk about why it might be or why it isn't. But anyway, unity. It's a garbage idea. The way that it's being presented now. And you know what? Even the respect factor doesn't need to be there. You don't have to respect somebody that's doing it wrong tell them they're wrong if they don't want to listen to you then tell other people that
1: they're wrong okay here's the problem wrong is a perspective because well, according to these people they're right
0: but hold on okay let's let's you, you, let's kind of break you, it down I'm a little devil's bit
1: advocate, I'm playing you you got one going
0: but let's let's break it down a little bit It's not, it's one thing if you're saying to them, I think that this is dust. And then they're coming back and saying like, no, it wasn't dusty there. You know, like now you've, you're at a point where you can't agree on the situation. And in that case, it's usually up to the person arguing to say, well, I wasn't there. So I can't say one way or the other. What I'm talking about is when it turns into say, you know, somebody is charging for an investigation. Like, all right, call them out for that. You know, that's something that you can't just abide. You know, you have to kind of call that out and say, this is wrong. This isn't the way that it should be done. Because, you know, I know that I just argue that you can be an expert, that something isn't there. But it's not like being an exterminator where you walk out and you hold the ghost up and say, you know, we got him.
1: Okay, you got
0: But you can't guarantee somebody that end result.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Now, you could say, I still will stand by this. It's totally fair to say to somebody if they say, hey, will you come out and investigate my place? And you say to them, I'm going to need to charge you gas money for me to go out that far. I don't see a problem with that. That's an agreement between you and the person. If they're willing to reimburse you for your gas, then you're fully welcome to take it. If that person offers you money because they're like, no, no, come on, you spent... You spend five hours here. Let me just give you a $25 gift certificate to McDonald's. Or, you know, let me give you a Dunkin'
1: card. Or let me give you some cash. Oh, I will investigate for food.
0: If, if they want to do that and you want to take it, that's your business and theirs. They offered it. It's a totally different story when you're putting up on your website, we charge $185 for an investigation. Because now, first of all, anybody that does it for free... Putting a price on something naturally makes people think that it's worth more. So when they see $185 from this group or free from this group, they're going to be like, well, that free group doesn't know what they're doing. So I'm going to go and pay the $185 because I want to get this right. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching this out too much, but Power Unity, it doesn't work the way that the people who are flying that flag think that it does. The people that are flying the flag too often are the people that just don't want to be criticized for the things that they're doing. So grow up. If you're going to be in this, be open to criticism, be open to, be open to skepticism, be open to people that are going to question your methods. That's why you're in this, Um, you know, uh, in this world, in the radio world, there's something called air checks. Yeah. Where when you are doing your radio show, there's somebody else that's going to listen to your show And then eventually call you into their office and you're going to sit down, they're going to play some of the breaks and they're going to say, well, let's, you know, let's talk about why you made that choice, why you talked about that or this or that, or how you could get better at this. You know, you're talking over the song or you need to do this or whatever. It's called accountability and it makes you better at what it is that you do. So welcome in that accountability so that you can get better at what it is that you do. If you don't want that, if you want a safe space, You know, and I hate when people throw that term around like it's a derogatory thing. I think that um, it's it's overused. But if you're looking for a field where you can go and do your thing and not have to answer to anybody, this is not the one to get into. Because there is too much that we don't know, but there's a lot that we do know. And don't fly in the face of what we've already figured out because that only makes it that much harder to keep trying to find the things that we don't know. And soapbox over. If this was the uh, milk crate challenge, I just hit the top and fell and broke my leg. <laughs> That's all I have. Anything else from you?
1: No, uh, I agree. The, like I said, m- about 30 years ago when I was doing this, the word para-unity wouldn't even be remotely considered. Everybody was doing their own thing. And whatever you share. You didn't even know about half the other people that were doing it. Yeah. Well, I'm talking within the people that you would follow. And you would share stuff with them. And they would be like, okay, thank you. And, you know, it, you got some pretty, uh, I'll call it blunt responses in some cases. and But that's, you want that. Exactly. You should
0: want that. That was the point. If you don't want that, that do was it. the point. It's like, you know, it's like anything today where we've made it far too easy to shirk off accountability and responsibility. And I think that this is one, as we're trying to get respectability overall, yes, you need to be respectable. And part of that, part of that respect isn't just having people respect what it is that you do, but it's also you respecting what it is that you can learn from them. So, yeah. That being said, you know, that's... Eventually, we can get to a point where everybody can get along. But we can still get along with our own individual ideas, concepts, approaches. And that's it. That's all I have. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, Off next week. Uh, We'll be back the week after that and then off the week after that again because I'll be at a convention. Uh, But uh, we welcome you sending in your thoughts and comments about everything we talked about tonight. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com.
2: Until next time, everybody out there, stay spooktacular.